Welcome to the Nate and Doran podcast. We are professional videographers based in Vancouver, Canada, and we are here to talk about relevant topics within the video and media industry. I'm Nate, and I run Nate Dixon Media. And I'm Doran, the videographer, solo entrepreneur offering video production services. And today we are going to discuss if there is one holy grail camera that is the be-all end-all of cameras maybe you're thinking it's going to be something fancy or something expensive maybe what hollywood uses um i don't know it's 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 a it's a very contentious if that's a english word nate yeah that's yeah. an english word yeah esl pass for today <laughs> um i'm using big words out of late hour so i'm very proud of myself mm. this is a great start um, yeah, every single videographer group or post or people I know when it comes to talking about gear, oof, there's so many opinions. Um, so what do you think, Nate? Do you, do you think there is such a thing as the perfect camera? Do we currently have it or is it coming in the near future? Oh man. First of all, I'm sick of those posts where, which camera should I buy? I'm just getting started. <laughs> it's like... Guys, I, I, have, I have my first wedding bookwa camera. <laughs> it's like, wow, what a loaded question. Exactly. It's either, you know, do your own research, you know? And if you don't know anything about how to even research cameras, you know, talk to somebody. Don't just like give, ask, ask for suggestions when everybody else has absolutely zero context what you're doing yeah you know 100 percent. like are you live streaming do you need it to record longer than 30 minutes at a time do you need xlr inputs what kind of like what's the audio yeah. situation there's a bajillion factors resolution frame rate oh my gosh like so yeah everybody who asks that question i i just have to scroll past it really quickly otherwise i'm just i just but, get frustrated yeah and everyone does, and I 100% sympathize with that. But I also sympathize with the person asking the question because because there are so many cameras and they all do slightly different things, and they're all produced to be good. No one's like intentionally producing like, oh, this is the good camera, and we're gonna put produce ten other crappy ones, right? Mm. So how how do you narrow down and answer that question? Is it how about this? Is it a universal answer or is it a subjective answer? Yeah, I'd think it's a situational answer to alter your subjective. I'd say, yes, it's subjective because it's based on the situation. And you know what? There's, there's now more than ever so many different types of cameras. You've got, like, first of all, your smartphone. Everybody's got a smartphone, and those cameras and like the algorithms that they're using are uh, are next level. They're they're getting really really good. Um, yeah, phones have like built-in stabilization and like multiple lenses now. <laughs> multiple lenses. They're like adjusting the exposure in different parts of the image so that they can mimic like raw, like high dynamic range type shots. Like keeping the I think sky my not phone blown out. Eight K in my camera does. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I'm sure we've talked to before. Like they might say eight K or four K, but depending on the sensor size and the bit rate. 
don't know if you can see that. Uh, Wait, oh, it went away. Tell us what it says. Like at the top there? Uh, keep As soon as it focuses it. Okay, I see 8K. Yeah. yeah. So you've got 8K filming on like the tiniest sensor there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is, it does show that like phone cameras are getting really, really good. So depending on your needs, that could be the perfect camera for what you're doing. They're also very inconspicuous. Nobody looks at you twice if you're just holding a phone. Like I remember yeah, everyone selfies and, and like does little videos. Well, yeah. how, how can someone tell the difference between you and, oh, you're producing a documentary or a corporate video? If there is such yeah. a thing as corporate iPhoneography or something like that. Smart, smart phonography. Sounds dirty. <laughs> smart phonography, yeah. Like concert, live concert videos have gotten so much better because now you can't deny, like before, you would like see somebody carrying a big DSLR and you're like, ah, oh, can't carry that in, you know, no outside photos or video. And now people, you can't deny them from bringing in their phone mm -hmm. and they can take amazing, like, 4k 60 you know full stereo audio that's not distorted and it's like really good um so now if you if you enjoy watching concert footage it's so good now compared to what it was five ten years ago mm, i say smartphone is like the perfect camera for like bootleg concert videos mm. that's a great use for them Maybe and that's also, not... also, I guess uh, another circumstance might be budget for some people. Like, let's say small businesses, like tiny, tiny mm. businesses, small businesses in less than 10 employees. Um, they might jump on, hey, does anyone have like the latest smartphone? Yes. Okay. Learn how to do videos and social media content because smartphones are directly post to social media and social media mm. software uh, platforms allow you to trim and caption videos. So sometimes that's enough. Like some of my clients that come to me, uh, I ask them, have you had video work done before? They say, no, we've never worked with a videographer. But when I look at their social media, they've got videos on there. I'm like, well, oh, you guys did this your own. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it, is, mm -hmm. it is doable, you know, depending on how, how, what are your needs and what is your budget and what do you have available? Because thinking back at what what do we have when we were like fooling around, like like hobby wise, like what did you film? Remember in episode two, the blast from the past. Mm. What did you film that those like old old videos on? I think my my friend Dan he got he specifically asked for a camera to make videos for like Christmas or something, and we got this like Canon Power Shot something it was like mm -hmm. a really cheap little uh zoom lens camera that could only record like 12 minutes at a time for like the sd card that he got with it and you could choose between like the full resolution and 15 frames per second or like 360p at 30 frames per second it was like absolutely terrible specs but you know that kind of was our our camera and yeah. that's what i learned to shoot with and just learn to edit on win the free Windows Movie Maker at the start. Mm -hmm. So, so, so definitely, if you're a hobbyist or you're just like an amateur or a beginner, um, you know, a video enthusiast, 
there you go. Your phone is good enough. For you, your phone is your perfect camera. Mm -hmm. Because it allows you to explore making videos and being creative. And, um, I mean, I, uh, me growing up, like, the only videos that were on phone, uh, what, like, (laughs) 15 years ago were garbage. But I still have a few clips for nostalgia. sake. but they're so pixelated, it's unusable. (laughs) Had I grown up with smartphones, though, man, I probably would have done more videos. Because what I used in my oldest, oldest videos was, um... Like my parents' point-and-shoot camera, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's also like additional apps you can get for your phones that will record with more custom controls. Mm-hmm. So now if you just pull out your, your video, like sure, you can adjust the exposure and like lock the focus, but sometimes there's more controls you want to have, like ISO, aperture, turn stabilization on and off. So there's like good apps for like just a couple bucks sometimes that um, can like mm-hmm. unlock that extra level of getting the most from the sensor of your phone. Uh, maybe it'll be bigger file size or whatnot, but mm-hmm. you can really squeeze the most you can out of something you already have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, because it's situational, there's obviously a lot of uh, downfalls with phones like the, the fact that you can't like change the lens and get a proper zoom on it. So like, yeah, you're at a concert, you film wide shot or the phone has a little zoom, but the more you zoom in, the more pixelated it gets. (laughs) Yeah. Like some phones have the different preset zoom levels with the different lenses, Mm -hmm. but but you're right. Like it's, it's a very jarring, like go from one to the (laughs) other. It, it, you know, like yeah. if if you start going into professional work, it's not going to cut it. Yeah, and the sensor size is tiny. Like, sure, it might shoot yeah. 4K or 8K, but when you're filming on the tiniest little sensor compared to like a mirrorless sensor, low it's, light, it's going to look really compressed. It's going to be worse in low light. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also to be honest, it's it's. Um, it's also using your phone battery, so your phone battery is, you know, if you, if you need to use it for the rest of the day, you're not going to be able to do an <laughs> eight-hour running gun with your phone unless you have, like, power banks and or swapping phones. Or Actually, I you know what? Here's an interesting application. I used my smartphone. Oh, I think I have a picture here somewhere. I don't have it prepared, though. I'll try and multitask and uh, talk while I look for it. But I had a client uh, during COVID that they wanted me to live stream from the camera. And indoors, we did do that. But when we had to film the outdoor stuff, uh, like I can't run the cable. I didn't have power. I wasn't going to like I was going to operate off of camera battery and record internally. And I wasn't able to hook it up to a um, laptop to live stream it to the guy the director guy but what i ended up doing is i used my um like the hachu on top of the camera to put a like a phone adapter thing what do you call it (laughs) like a mount okay Uh, and i had my phone on top of the camera so the director i was live streaming from my phone using data and my phone's battery 
and it, it worked you know what mm. we didn't it's it's it wasn't actual footage that we used but it served a purpose on set uh not to mention i also used my phone for uh behind the scenes mm. um have you ever used your phone smartphone for that kind of stuff mm. Uh, yeah, I have used it for behind the scenes. It's really handy to just quickly whip out and take some pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you say, it's great being hooked up to social media right away. Um, so you can kind of help your followers feel like they're, they're getting a glimpse into your world. I think that I really enjoy seeing that with other videogra- videographers that I follow. Um, so I try and keep up on that. And another thing I use my smartphone for is taking reference pictures of how I've set something up. So mm-hmm. like, this is how I set up the tripod. This is where other things were like the lights. And that way, if I need to set up that kind of a setup again, I can just check those reference photos instead of trying to go off memory. And sometimes you're not able to like tape down marks where everything was to make it exactly how it was. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that I use my smartphone for a lot. Smart. Smart uh-huh. phone with smart user. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, well, so there you go. Depending on your situation, smartphone might be the perfect camera for you. Um what what other cameras? Let's like start like evolving up the price chart. So like well, I mean this far a new smartphone's like two thousand bucks is pretty expensive. But <laughs> yeah, they range they vary in range. Yeah. But uh, GoPros, those are pretty accessible. Yeah, accessible. There's a lot of them. Yeah. So so GoPro, like five years ago, GoPros were better for slow mo. Now most smart, like new smartphones, do like an equal amount of slow mo. I think my camera does like 120 at 1080. Um, GoPro is like I remember. I remember ten years ago. I wanted a slow-mo camera because I'm a big sucker for mm-hmm. slow-mo. Ten years mm-hmm. ago, slow-mo cameras were like $7,000 and up. Uh, smartphones weren't going past 1080-30, I don't think. And then GoPro. GoPro was like, hey, 1080-120. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And uh, I remember when our workplace got that GoPro, remember it was snowing and we went outside and we have that clip of oh, the yeah. slow motion snowball to the face. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. a fun day. And and you and and we tied the GoPro to the shovel and you were like shoveling. <laughs> Shovel point of view. Shoveling snow. Yeah. So the GoPro is a perfect camera for getting unique points of view. Yeah, people people use it in concerts, attaching it to instruments. Um, you can get yeah, very interesting, unique points of view, like on uh, on the windshield of a car, or like place where it would be uncomfortable or awkward or unsafe to operate a camera. You can just stick this with a, like a suction cup, and there it goes. It's also waterproof, right? So, phones. Uh, I have no idea if my phone's waterproof. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My my phone's waterproof, but I think GoPro can go deeper and sustain it for longer. Yeah. Than uh, my phone. There's even the the GoPro session, that small square one. I've seen people use that as like an ice cube in their glass. They'll drop it in the bottom, fill it up with like a liquid, and like you oh, get yeah. a point of view from the bottom of the glass. Product videos. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you want to make an ad for a whiskey thing, yeah. Pour the ice cubes in, whiskey in. That's creative. Yeah. Uh, on a budget. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Another, cool. I think. I think another thing that GoPro really excels at is the last few iterations they've done. The stabilization they've managed to do is absolutely insane. Yes. Like they don't have a little gimbal in there. It's all like software based, but oh my goodness. Like what used to, like you see the first few generations of GoPros, somebody puts it on their vehicle and it's just like, like unusable bumpiness. And now there's like, I, I watch these like travel videos with people on like the end of a pole or on their forehead and they're like jumping around in the forest and stuff. And it's, it smooths it out so nicely. And I'm like, this is almost gimbal level, but without all the hassle of an extra gimbal. Yeah. And I'm just going to rant for a quick second. Cause you mentioned it's software based in posts, editing software takes forever to stabilize and then export <laughs> yes. and like every little frame that you extend or shrink the clip with oh god or you analyze everything how can GoPro do it real time then after effects hmm? <laughs> <laughs> end of rant <laughs> yeah 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 i'm i'm still stuck well stuck like i i've i'm still happy and content with my gopro hero 4 um but this Black Friday, I'm looking to upgrade, hopefully, uh, if budget allows. Because, um, yeah, GoPro, I've used GoPro in my business for a few shots. I used it. I used it for some behind the scenes because um, phones didn't used to have this. My new phone does have an ultra wide, like 15 mil kind of fisheye angle. So I can get like a really tight space. I can get the full shot. But before that, I had to rely on my GoPro to do the ultra-wide. Um, so I, I've used it for behind-the-scenes because um, it's something really quick that I can set up. I just, like, place it on something and, like, let it record record time-lapses of, like, behind-the-scenes if you're setting up, like, a complex thing or if your client's building something, um, like a stage or a prop or uh, something uh, of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um or if you have to get an underwater shot, like some some commercials, some products, you know, boast the fact that they're waterproof. How do you show that? Uh, it's like, well, you could build like, you know, like a little plexiglass thing and shoot from behind it. But you know what? GoPro, done. Fast, mm-hmm. quick. Um, flexibility of choosing your angle, right? You want to get a low angle at the bottom of the pond? Do for it. Uh, go for it. Um, I've actually used GoPro for filming a wide angle in a tight space for a kind of like a, a party slash dance type of thing. Mm. So, mm-hmm. cause they were just like, it was like, like seven pairs that were like doing like a, um, what do you call it? It's not a, uh, like a, a waltz. Um, okay. and, and yeah, and they were like spreading across the whole like <laughs> the room that we were in and it was just like yeah this room's wider than it is longer and that is a nightmare for video but gopro helped me with the wide shot so noise for, for me gopro was the perfect camera on at least a couple of occasions my 600 hundred dollar gopro had features that my four thousand dollar camera doesn't have <laughs> Mm-hmm. So in that situation, GoPro was perfect for me. Awesome. 
Well, I think that pretty much covers GoPro. Mm -hmm. um, what's another camera, Doran, that is another? Well, um, both me and you did uh, BCIT, um, the new media design course. Um, were you, did, did they make you buy a camcorder for the video project? Yeah, it was required to get a camcorder. Luckily, I partnered up with Victor and he bought a camcorder, so I just yeah. borrowed his. I didn't actually buy I one. I remember myself. that was so awkward. They're like, okay, groups of three or four, either one of you buys it or all four of you chip in, but then at the end of the term, like, who, who what do you do with it, right? Like, mm -hmm. if someone wanted to keep it after, then you just flat out bought it, which is what I did. I'm like, yeah, this is my camcorder and you guys are going to borrow it for the project. Um, and yeah, that was a camcorder with full manual control. And that was uh, the perfect camera for teaching students because it was uh, cheaper than other cameras. I think I don't think DSLRs were too huge on the market back then or too accessible price-wise. But um, camcorder has something very special. It's got a built-in zoom. And, that and is a big zoom nice. range, not just like... yeah. You know, eighteen to fifty-five, like yeah. your typical kit lens. No, yeah, like like eighteen to three fifty at least. I think my last camcorder did up to five hundred. Wow, uh, millimeter millimeter equivalent. Um, and actually, yeah, that's that's the interesting thing. I learned on a camcorder at school, and I kept that camcorder, and I used it. Uh, I used it at church a lot. It was camcorder was the perfect solution for a low budget nonprofit place like a church like hey we just need you to record the concerts all right camcorder there you go and i mean camcorder is the perfect solution for family travel you know that kind of stuff so i know a lot of people and i've personally used like a camcorder for that kind of stuff but business wise i actually bought two camcorders when i went full-time into uh freelance because i didn't have the money for mirrorless I, I was hesitant to spend it on big dslr mirrorless or cinema cameras because i was like mm. too kind of unsure because of this question like what is the perfect camera like i don't know so i actually went with maximum utility and a camcorder has that zoom we just mentioned. Uh, I specifically got the Sony AX53 because it had like a built-in little stabilizer thing mm. within the lens. But it was a smaller yeah. sensor because of that. Mm. Um, but you know what? It offered stabilization, so I didn't need to get a gimbal. Um, it was small uh, form factor, so it's not a big shoulder camera. It's one of those handheld ones. And you know what? It did 4K. Um, and it did 1080 uh, at 120 frames a second, and it had like infrared, uh, which I actually used once, um, oddly enough. Ooh, uh, what was the situation there? Uh, it was a theatrical production, and the whole gist of it was it was supposed to be dark, and the only light was like from like a flashlight, or like it was it was a horror type of thing, and it was it was actually genius. It was very it got you in the atmosphere, in the mood. Because it was completely quiet and they had the soundtrack of like whatever creepy stuff was going on and you didn't see anything. So the only guiding thing until the flashlight came on was the voice that and the person was like moving around. <laughs> it was freaky, man. It was awesome. It was very <laughs> immersive. Uh, but with infrared, I could kind of see her. 
So you like, did you have it just pitch black and then you like flicked on infrared and you could like, ooh, tango spotted? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how infrared <laughs> works. Uh, so we did do that, but then they wanted a second take of, you know what, let's also get the actual mood. Like, yeah, yeah you that's don't what I was see wondering. it. <laughs> Um, but 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 for review purposes for the uh, performer, they wanted to see mm. how how they looked and what they did and how they could improve, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a camcorder had that unique application. Um, but I did move away from the camcorder eventually. I wish I kept one because the the that camcorder is perfect for family and run and gun quick quick little things and also vlogging because it has a flip out screen um mm. but yeah that, that was my my camcorder use i did use it for my business in the first year of my business and one of my best videos in that first year was done with a camcorder and it did it did everything i needed to do it did the zoom it did the um the 4k it did the uh it did have not as good a shallow depth of field but at a certain zoom level you did have some so i was happy mm -hmm. what about you nate have you have you ever used oh wait you said victor bought the camcorder at bcit yeah so you, you did did you ever use a camcorder since i never bought my own no okay. i i went straight to a dslr Ooh, um, talk to me about dslrs nate what what was sure. your first DSLR? Uh, my first DSLR was the Canon 70D. So I got that one because it, uh, with the certain STM lenses, it had really quiet stepper motors. So for autofocus, it was like quiet. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't have that like ch -ch 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 type sound that other lenses had at the time. So mm -hmm. um, I really so, like that. So lenses, I think that's the first key distinction between everything else we just talked about dslr is an interchangeable lens system yes and that really can make it the camera into whatever you want it to be you know if you're shooting wildlife if you need to shoot things from far away you can change that with the lens if you're shooting a skateboard video where you want to get really up close to the action and you're like riding along and holding it nice and close you get a fisheye lens. It really expands your capabilities. And I'd argue something else that you can do with a DSLR that you couldn't with the other things before. Besides that flexibility, you can also get really high quality still photos. Ooh. A lot of DSLRs you know, were photo first, but when they You're started right. adding video capabilities... Um, oh, yeah. That's you know, true, actually. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, because I, yeah, when we were working at that uh, workplace, we were using broadcast cameras, and I bought a DSLR for photos, and then I was like, oh, DSLR, this video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I was, like, perplexed by that. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. This is gonna, this is, this is the way of <laughs> <laughs> the future. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice one-two punch with flexibility, being able to do... You know, depending on the model, they got better as as time went on, obviously. But mm -hmm. you could get a really decent video and also really nice photos. And then, so so that the the, the does that's the perfect camera for versatility. Yeah, or for someone who wants to do, yeah, 
photo work and video work, that can be a really nice combo. It's maybe not as flexible video-wise as a camcorder, but you unlock the whole photo side of things and you can get really nice portraits and astrophotography. You know, I, I know mm. GoPro, GoPro, I think you did a few astrophotography time lapses, right? With your Hero 4? No, I tried to, uh, but it doesn't, no, it doesn't do a good job. Yeah. So I don't think you can do more than five second exposures on the Hero 4. Oh, uh, okay. It doesn't do more than five seconds. I would need at least 20 seconds for it to pick up anything, which is why I'm excited to get the newer GoPro, because I think it would be able to get something. Hmm. Yeah. So for me, Camcorder was the perfect camera to learn photo and video and have that flexibility of different you lenses. You mean DSLR? You said Camcorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I meant DSLR, <laughs> which for, for those who don't know what that stands for, it stands for Digital Single Lens Reflex Camera. Yes. Yeah. Phew, I got that right. <laughs> I was like, oh no, do I need to look that up? Ah. Yeah. So the interchangeable lenses is the big jump for that. Mm -hmm. And bigger sensors. Yes. Bigger sensors means you can capture more light per frame, which means you don't need as much light, which means you can film in darker places without having to flip on the infrared and feel like you're using night vision goggles and get like those glowing eyes of yeah. like people <laughs> also bigger resolution photos yes definitely yeah. what about you did you 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 found the video function in your dslrs yeah kind of i got a surprise. nikon d3500 and here's the thing because it was like a 400 500 dslr that's the first DSLR that with that DSLR, which was my first DSLR, is the first astrophotography picture I took. And I did not expect to be able to get a Milky Way picture with that mm -hmm. on my first try. Like, I, I wasn't even planning for it. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to take a long exposure of stars. And then a, an experienced photographer that was at the place I went to, he's like, oh, Milky Way is right there. Just point it here and put this setting. Like, oh, oh. <gasps> <laughs> no way and there you go i've become obsessed yeah that was the start of the obsession for you yeah um so yeah i started taking a lot of pictures like technically freelance wise no i was doing video before photo but with the dslr i started doing like photo stuff for like friends family and church just like just to gain experience you know but um, the SLR is just on auto settings for a beginner made for amazing pictures in, in good lighting conditions. So mm -hmm. for me, that was the perfect camera to pick up photography. Yes. And also you can learn a lot of principles with shooting in raw with DSLRs seeing how you can adjust the image and stuff. And now raw video obviously is a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. And I, th I feel like some of those principles can carry over. So that's another avenue you can, you can explore with DSLRs that you can't with a camcorder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, DSLR was just, it's just that, that shallow depth of field was so captivating. I, I was like, how is mm -hmm. this so easy? 
<laughs> How does this look so good and it's so easy to do? And uh, DSLR, um, because of that, got me into ma uh, kind of macro photography. I would like zoom in my lens as much as I could to get the shallow depth of field to get this little spider on this little um, screw. Just blow that up and post because of the resolution. I'm like, yeah, look at this little guy. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I actually ended up using uh, not that DSLR, but a higher end, uh, like a full frame DSLR um, for my video work before I bought my, my camcorders. So I used the DSLR, but DSLR has limitations. It had 20 minute recording limitation. Other, ha others have 30 minute limitations. Um, getting audio into it. It's not really built for audio. The it, built in audio is horrible and the preamps are bad. So, mm -hmm. but you know, if you're just starting out and you just need to pass by with a uh, decent quality, not like amazing or professional, it does a decent job. Mm -hmm. And I did do a few videos with uh, my DSLR for clients, but I quickly realized that I need to get past the 30 minute recording limitation. And in a, for an interview, I need two cameras. So what am I going to do? Am I going to buy another DSLR? Mm -hmm. No, I went with camcorder because here's the thing. Camcorder, you plug in the AC power. <laughs> DSLR, dummy batteries uh, were made for them too, but it's like so many moving parts. And uh, when I was starting out, I, I wanted a simple, quick plug-and-play type of rig. So for me, two camcorders made more sense than the one DSLR with a bunch of accessories. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, so that's it for DSLRs, I think. Mm -hmm. what's, a, what's another type of camera that might have a different perfect scenario uh well um before we go to that i just want to mention that like mirrorless is like it's very similar to dslr mm. isn't mirrorless like technically dslm like digital single lens mirror something um i i don't know actually i don't i know it doesn't have the reflex part because it's yeah. not a physical shutter mm -hmm. it's yeah just like a sensor reading the information as it comes yeah, digital oh. single lens mirrorless, also known okay. as a mirrorless camera. I remember reading about this a few months ago. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's what we're currently using, right? Back in episode yes. whatever, one or two or three, I don't remember, where we're talking about our gear. We, we're using A7Threes, which are mirrorless. Um, I'm not completely sure mechanically what, what advantage that has. I just know that... It, my a7 III does good in low light and <laughs> has the the what you call it the the fast frame rate so i was looking at specs not at oh this technology is better because of this mm -hmm. well darn here are some some bullet points for you mirrorless is lighter it has okay. less moving parts it's quiet or it's quieter because it doesn't have to have that mirror flipping chink right uh... you can turn on silent shooting mode and it's just like nothing oh. oh another thing is if you're doing burst shooting with a dslr you would have constant black frames as the mirror flips down for the sensor to capture the image mm -hmm. mirrorless you can do a burst mode and you keep seeing exactly what the camera is seeing so it's an advantage if you're trying to 
capture something in burst mode and you don't have these all blackout like stuttery images you can actually see exactly what the sensor is seeing at the same time um, potential con compared to dslr is with the electronic viewfinder you're not seeing just a mirror's reflection of what the lens is seeing you are seeing the digital version of that so higher end mirrorless cameras now have a high enough refresh rate that it basically looks real um, but some older ones, it, it would be limited to like, say, 60 frames per second. So technically, it would be a little bit of lag compared to mm -hmm. what you'd see through a DSLR. One other thing with the mirrorless viewfinder um, is uh, kind of a disadvantage slash advantage. Um, you don't get that true to life, like <laughs> as fast as light travels going to the mirror straight through the viewfinder, you get the electronic view of that because there's no mirror reflecting up to your viewfinder you're seeing what the sensor sees so disadvantages is there can be a little bit of lag in that in some older models but the advantage of that is you can see a real-time preview of the depth of field and the exposure and everything so you're seeing exactly what you're capturing not a reflection of what your lens is seeing mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah so that's something that mirrorless has had to kind of overcome is those limitations and now they have super high frame rate viewfinders like like those high refresh rate monitors like some of them i think are like 240 hertz so it's basically oh. faster than you can process mm -hmm. so it looks uh real time mm -hmm. so i think those are some of the the bullet points of mirrorless versus dslr for you mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i'm i'm happy with staying with mirrorless <laughs> I don't even know if DSLRs are being produced anymore. I don't think so. <laughs> I think they're pushed out of the market. Maybe for photography, DSLR is still there, but for video, I, I like like in in my news feed for camera stuff. I don't see like ooh new DSLR. Like no. Yeah, mirrorless is definitely the the trend and the the way of the future that they're gonna keep going. Mm -hmm. Also, less moving parts to break. Yeah. You don't have that shutter flicking down. That's one last part that can break. Mm -hmm. yeah. So past these, there's two more cameras that I'm familiar with, camera types that I'm familiar with. One is broadcast cameras. And we've used this at a previous workplace. A broadcast camera is basically like a big camcorder. Like this is the big, big, expensive big. news, what the news people use in... Uh, game shows and all that right um because it's got it's got like the built-in zoom on their built-in lens but they're they're slightly higher spec let's say <laughs> sure so, yeah so, so other than that like like we've used we've used like entry-level broadcast cameras like not the big news ones but the uh we used what canon xf305s when they first came out in 2012 mm -hmm. and i remember i was so intimidated by all the buttons and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of them have like you know built-in nd filters mm -hmm. that you can you know you've got your gain control um a lot more fine-tuning with the audio better preamps um several white balance presets yeah yeah they have a lot more uh, settings to fool around with. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I was um, filming horse races, uh, I had an older, big broadcast camera that goes over your shoulder. 
and um, they had it rigged up where on the back there was the transmitter. So that would go live to the tower up top and then I could just be free moving, no wires, you know, a big battery, like a V-mount battery on the back. So it was like you got the really good image quality, but all wireless transmission, you don't have to worry about recording. So depending on, I, I think it was the perfect camera for what they had me doing, which was uh, being able to move around quickly, step out onto the track, you know, film the winning horse, and uh, it just being able to wirelessly transmit to the live stream. Yeah, easier with, with one of the broadcast cameras. Can't do that with a camcorder. Can't put a V-mount in the transmitter there. <laughs> no, and with it, sh with it so heavy on your shoulder, it's kind of like natural stabilization because mm -hmm. it's so heavy. It's got so much weight to it that you can't, you can't make tiny shakes is too heavy. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, pretty much the same points we covered in camcorder and then uh i guess the last group would be cinema cameras and those range wildly from like we've used what c100s would be i think the, the like entry level ca uh, cinema uh camera leading to like reds and alexa's aries whatever the big big stuff that the big studios use um and yeah, those I th I feel like cinema cameras were around obviously before DSLR and mirrorless, but I feel like DSLR and mirrorless are trying to copy the cinematic look um with a small form factor. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's typically seen as cinema cameras are like the holy grail to most mm -hmm. filmmakers. That's the look they want to go for. They want everything to look like a movie, mm -hmm. you know, with their personal projects or wedding videos. You know, cinematic is like synonymous with wedding videos, it seems these days. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody wants like a goofy fish eye wedding. They want it to like look like their own movie and they're starring in it. And so they, they associate that with the image that a cinema quality camera can get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, cinema cameras, just put your own lens, put your own settings for whatever, it, fully customizable, like so much customization that can happen on a cinema camera. Um, and, you know, for, for movie places, that is the uh, perfect camera for them. Broadcast obviously was perfect for you with the horses and for news and other <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, so... Like I can't, I can't think of any other cameras. I mean, there's like 360 cameras and VR stuff, but like I'm not, I haven't um, had enough experience with them to have an opinion much, other than what I just read online, which is like, yeah, 360 is really good for um, virtual tours and real estate, especially with mm -hmm. COVID. <laughs> mm -hmm. Definitely. So that's better than hiring a guy to like spin around and follow along something. Like, no, how about you let the viewer decide where to look and when to look? <laughs> it's like a point and click adventure. <laughs> yeah. Go to next room. Go to this room. Oh, real time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's about it for for cameras. Like a huge array of selection for different purposes depending on budget form factor etc 
Um, really quickly, I think lighting can kind of go in this train of thought. Like, there's different lighting tools and scenarios. Um, the most obvious one being natural light. Like, sometimes natural light looks better than if you're trying to stage lighting. Hmm. It's I more feel... like pleasing to the eye. It is. Um, like, especially if you want to go for, like, a, um, a romantic, like, sunset sunrise. It's, it's just use an actual sunset or sunrise, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, however, sometimes um, sunlight can be very harsh, especially if it's, like, noon and it's right above. It, it'll make, mm -hmm. like, really harsh. <laughs> I actually saw a picture of, like, in Hawaii because it's perfectly like 90 degrees right above you. There's no shadows on certain objects, and it just looks like a very <laughs> poor game render. You know? Someone turned the graphics down to like turn off the shadows. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> like Quake 1 or something, like no shadows. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like, like you've probably had shoots where you've just used natural light. All the time, Doran, all the time. Not all yeah. the time. Maybe you have a light, don't you? Yeah, one light, but I, I've hardly ever used it, honestly. Like, really? Especially if it's, like, outdoors. A lot of the stuff I, well, yeah, I wish outdoors. outdoors, right? But, I mean, I mean, sometimes there's an office thing that you can film, and maybe the, the light is shining at the right angle where it's like, yeah, my subject's perfectly illuminated. I don't want to illuminate anything else. Yeah. But other times, it's like, oh... Here's an interview. The CEO is up against a glass wall, and there's so much sunlight behind him. I have to light him up, otherwise he looks dark <clears throat> compared to the sunlight behind him. Yeah. So that's one one time where it's like, oh, uh, the first time I got screwed over because the client's like, oh yeah, can we film? We'll film like by the window so we can see downtown Vancouver or North oh, Van. Yeah. They had a, a view of North Van. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Can't expose for the, <laughs> the subject and the bright sunny Completely background. Completely blown out behind him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sometimes natural light is nice. Uh, overcast, you don't have to worry about harsh lighting, but then there's no color to it. So I'm not a huge fan of overcast um, lighting. I don't know. I haven't found any, like, perfect scenario for it. Mm. It's better than super harsh lighting, though. Yeah. And Doran, I think something else we should also say is uh, a well-lit video shot on an iPhone can look way better than a crappily lit video shot on a cinema camera. Yes. No matter how big your sensor and what your bitrate is, if it's not lit correctly or not exposed correctly, mm -hmm. it can be unsalvageable. And yeah. the phone video can look way better. So like those commercials where it says like, know shot on iphone or shot on this whatever it's like i saw sure, behind the scenes of that yeah but like they're using five really amazing lights and it's yeah. all perfectly placed and you got diffusion and stuff like that blocking mm -hmm. out the sunlight it's like okay that's actually what makes it look amazing i realized that you know it took me a while but i realized um this was like a stumbling block for my creativity because i'm like dude i saw a review of this camera I bought it and everything I filmed with it sucks because of lighting, because of what they filmed there were uh, flame, um, you know, bonfires, um, slow motion, uh, dogs jumping, skiing, 
like fascinating looking stuff. What am I filming? Like a tree? <laughs> That's, doesn't look interesting. And it's not lit properly. It's not dramatically lit. Or, you know, pristinely lit. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually, because after natural lighting, we come to like intentional, you know, controlled lighting. And again, you can do it like really harsh uh, or really soft and flattering. So one video example from our first uh, episode that last video we worked on together at that uh, previous workplace the mm. one where you dressed up as a monk and you tore up a, like, a page <sighs> yeah, and blew the candle we had yeah. harsh controlled lighting and i agree if that was filmed with anything the phone at the time or whatever assuming like smooth shots like no shaky handheld it would have probably looked just as good as what we filmed on the red Granted, the red had the slow motion, so we would have not had the slow motion part, but mm. lighting-wise, it would have looked dramatic in real time. Yep. So, um, yeah, there's applications for all of these things. What's your perfect lighting uh, scenario? Depends what you're going for. Sometimes uh, natural light will achieve it. Sometimes you got to bring out your own light and uh, achieve what you want. But uh, we're not going to get into actual lighting equipment because, I don't know, that's, I, feel, I feel like I'm not 100% knowledgeable on that in order to tackle it right now. Maybe later. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. No, we think we're just sticking to the basics for now, saying, yes, there's the perfect lighting, depending on what mood you're trying to convey mm -hmm. or what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you try and shoot like a scary horror movie in an overcast daylight, it's probably not going to be the mood you want. Unless they're going for like really gray, desaturated, depressed horror. Oh, exactly. So, See, you know, there you there go, might be an application. maybe that's what I'll use overcast lighting for. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that's like losing hope. <laughs> Doran's like, hmm, autobiographical film? <laughs> Oh, you're getting married. Ball and chain. Overcast. Perfect. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the S-log files. I'm not even going to color grade I'm not going to touch them. <laughs> not going to be pretty, man. That's like the new trend is shooting in like raw and not touching it at all. <laughs> I have given a wedding client raw upon request. I don't know what mm. they're going to do with it because it was also super shaky. Mm. So maybe they'll appreciate the edit or they'll be like, holy cow, this guy's an <laughs> idiot. Good thing the final video doesn't look as bad as the raw. <laughs> but anyway, what what's as, as a finishing thought, Nate, what would what would your ideal camera like a slightly unrealistic camera? So not what's currently on the market, mm. but what do you think in the next three years the perfect camera would be like let's say if the technology advanced enough in three years what would your requirement be doran you know what i want i want a light field camera now, do you know what a light field camera is i think you mentioned it a few years back it was that thing that didn't really take off or google bought it out or something yeah, so they, they right now, 
there was a few consumer facing products and it would just do photos. But the thing with a light field camera is it's not just capturing images and pixels, it's capturing every single light ray that comes into the camera. And what that enables you to do with a photo, for example, is you capture that light field and you can choose where the camera was focusing after you took the picture. Oh yeah. So if I quickly take a picture like this, I can then after the fact, have it focus on the water bottle or focus on my face or focus on the background uh, because post. it's cap in post because it captured all those different light rays. So you can just choose which light rays are like where the focus point is. So it's, it's kind of sci-fi technology, but mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe in five years there will be a video equivalent of that. And imagine shooting Did, video. Wasn't there a video equivalent a few years back though? Yes, um, but it wasn't like a consumer-facing product. It came oh, with no. like a giant server rack that you needed because, oh, yeah. like, obviously these <laughs> these files are a little bigger. You're not just capturing a slice; you're capturing like everything that came into the camera, how far away the light bounced, and I all this. I remember you showing me this video, and I was blown away by the fact that you don't need a green screen anymore because because of the light field, they could select a specific distance and only show the light coming from that distance. Yeah. And that that was just terrifying. Like they can fix so many videos now. Holy cow! <laughs> don't don't let Reddit get a hold of that technology, please. Yeah. So and besides being able to selectively choose things without using a green screen to isolate it, you can also change the aperture and the shutter speed after the fact if you want more blurred out backgrounds you can just change it on, on a dial you know if you want it to look more high frame rate action jarring you can change that all in post because you're capturing absolutely all the information that's coming in and then you can just like make adjustments after the fact of what you want to just show in the video so to me that is like the dream unrealistic camera that maybe in five or ten years there will be one on the market wow sounds like someone's using cheat codes god right mode. there's no more focus pullers you don't need green screens anymore it's just it would be a huge um whole paradigm shift yeah wow well that, that sounds really amazing i wasn't thinking that far ahead <laughs> I just wanted something that gave me like like 8K 120 or 4K 240 and uh and uh, you know what I want I actually want yeah I I I I'm happy with the current camera technology I'm okay if if current cameras stay as is for the next 5 years what I would want is lens improvements like I want a 18 to 500 f 1.8 lens. Hmm. <laughs> this is not a technology issue as much as it is an optics issue. I am aware of that. Yeah, a physics issue. Uh, yes. <laughs> like physically, we can do that, but it will be the size of a like a big like observatory telescope, <laughs> which you cannot put on your small little mirrorless, or you can, but it won't work on your gimbal anymore. You you'll need like <laughs> a. a 
evergreen truck to transport it and it'll get stuck in the canal. Anyway, um, mm. I just, I don't know. I wish, I wish there would be some kind of breakthrough through lenses. That's what I would unrealistically want. I would mm. want someone to bend optics for me. <laughs> Make it so you have like that, that one camcorder advantage, give it to the DSLR or like the mirrorless. Mm-hmm. That giant zoom range <laughs> at like f one point eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So there you go. I think we we talked to oh, man. We explored a bunch of. Hopefully, we help someone out if they're like, "What is the perfect camera f- for you?" Well, what is your context? What do you want to get out of it? We kind of brushed on a lot of situational uses for all of these camera types. So maybe that should be a clear indication that we've used all of these in different situations. There is no permanent perfect camera for all scenarios. Not yet. Maybe this light light field Mm -hmm. thing. Some light field camera. Shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, really think hard of what you want to achieve and what's your budget and how you want to achieve it. Um, Form factor and versatility and all. Um, you know what, Nate, we haven't done Romanian word of the week in a while, and I feel like we've had enough Romanian words. I'm going to introduce a new concept to the podcast. Episode 19 is going to be a paradigm shift, as you said. Yeah. All right. Um, have you heard of, let me make sure I'm not butchering it. A malifor. Malifor. Is that like a metaphor? Uh, sort of. It's like two metaphors kind of welded together in a abomination, <laughs> <laughs> nonsensical, humorous result. So let me let me give you uh, let me give you a, a, an example. So okay, um, like either metaphors or proverbs or or prop, uh, popular sayings. So like for example, there's the saying of "We'll cross that bridge when we get to it." Or if you're having an argument with someone and it's ruining the relationship, you say that you burnt that bridge. So combining mm-hmm. the two, you can say, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I get you. So it's like, oh, this sounds familiar. But then you're like, mm? <laughs> what do you mean we'll burn that bridge when we get to it? Like, yeah, it's, it's funny that way. Yeah. So it's uh, I don't know it's my new hobby. I, I love coming up mm. with with malfours, and this is uh, this is like an easy good one. So for next week, Nate, you come up with one, and I'll come up with one, and uh, we'll have a nice little giggle at the end. But okay. uh, until next week, whatever, we'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Mm. Hope it, it's not rocket surgery. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You just made one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that's a wrap for today's podcast. Thank you for watching and listening. Leave a comment below uh, or wherever it is on the page. Above? Beside? Yeah. Oh, Doran, I actually, um, I'll try and think of the perfect camera to film Joe. I'm not going to fall for that. I'm sorry. (laughs) You you could have lined that up better. Uh, Well, and be sure to subscribe to not miss an episode of the Nate and Doran podcast and these terrible jokes.
You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. This has been Nathan Doran. Thank you for watching and listening.